Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. You got your Bibles? Let's open them, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 107. Praise God. I thought Pastor was going to preach my sermon, and that's okay. That just lets me know we're in the, we're in the Spirit. We're in, hearing from God. Amen. Back uh, the end of 2021, I don't know, well, actually, yeah, probably it's right after I was here last year. I always start praying about, Lord, what's our theme for the new year going to be? I saw on your bulletin where your all's theme for 2022 was the year of pressing in. Is that correct? Did I see that correctly? That's a good one. Amen. And, uh, but what the Lord said to me was that for us, 2022 was the year of breakthrough. And the first song y'all did this morning had breakthrough in it. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, we're going to start here in Psalm 107. Title of our message today, if you're keeping notes, I know some people like to keep notes, is Shout for Breakthrough. Shout for Breakthrough. And what we're going to see in the scripture is a lot of times before people had a breakthrough or got a breakthrough, uh, they shouted for it. And, uh, and we're not just talking about making noise, and I'll get into this a little bit more here in a minute. But let's look here, Psalm 107, and go to verse 15. Psalm 107, verse 15. It says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Father, again, we thank You for Your Word ask you to bless this time, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God will say to us this morning. And again, bless these people. And I'm praying that every person here gets a breakthrough in their life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Who needs a breakthrough? Anybody here need a breakthrough? Maybe you need one in your health. You know, it sounds like your brother needs one in his health. Amen. Maybe you need one in your finances. Maybe you need, you've got family members. They need to be born again. You need a breakthrough in that. You know, something, uh, Pastor Mark, that, uh, uh, and uh, I don't know, it just jumped out at me here a couple of weeks ago. I was reading in Acts chapter 9 where Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus. And the Lord really brought out to me that, you know, before, and even on that trip, on that road, he was anti-Christ. I don't mean the anti-Christ, but he was anti-Christ. He was anti-Christian. You couldn't get more opposite of a Christian than what he was. And in 30 seconds, he became a preacher of the gospel. Now, so you may be thinking, you know, I got my husband, my wife, my kids, you know, whoever, my parent, whoever. And they're, I mean, they're just heathen. They're demonic. They're whatever. God can change them in 30 seconds. Amen. So that would be a breakthrough, wouldn't it? Yeah. Amen. And I'm thinking of people that, that I know that even, you know, maybe even some of them come to the church or whatever at times. And you're thinking, man, can God do it? Yeah, he can. God can do it. If he can do it for Saul of Tarsus, he can do it for whoever you're believing for. So maybe you need a breakthrough in your body, a breakthrough in your finances, a breakthrough in your mind. Maybe you're troubled in your mind, just anxiety and all of that. God can break that. Amen. And, um, uh, well, again, look what it says here. Oh, that men would praise the Lord, number one, for his goodness. Has God been good to you? Yes. Amen. God's been good to me. 
Amen. I'm 62, I'm getting next year, just a few months, be 63 years old. God has been uh, very, very good to me. Amen. 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 And, uh, you know, has there been troubles? Has there been trials? Sure there has been. Jesus said there would be. Amen. But the good news is I didn't go through them alone. I went through them with Jesus and he brought me through them and got me to victory. Can you say amen? Amen. So praise God for his goodness. Praise him for his wonderful works to the children of men. So again, we're told here in the Bible that we should praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Him because He's good. Praise Him because He's done these wonderful works for us. And then verse 16. Praise Him because He has broken the gates of brass. Or could we say praise Him for the breakthrough? Praise Him for the breakthrough. Amen. Amen. You say, well, what breakthrough are you talking about? All right, let's think back to the book of Genesis. Do you remember when Adam and Eve fell into sin and God kicked them out of the garden? And, you know, put that flaming sword there at the, at the, at the gate of, of Eden so that they could not get back in. And in essence, that was a separation between man and God. Man could not get back to God. God was going to have to make a way, correct? Amen. And so later on, you get on down in through the years, they build the tabernacle, then they build the temple. And in the tabernacle, in the temple, you know, of course, you had the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. Holy of Holies is where the high priest went once a year with the blood of the Lamb for for the forgiveness of sins for the people. Amen? But again, between the Holy of Holies and the holy place, there was a wall or a veil or a curtain that was there. And it wasn't just like this little flimsy curtain. Some believe this thing may have been as much as a a foot thick. I mean, this thing was like a wall. Amen? And so, uh, again, separation between God and man. Separation. Uh, and again, not God's doing, man's doing. Man had separated himself from God. And so here's man on the outside. And once a year, one day a year, that high priest can go in there. They would tie a rope around his leg. And he would cross. Think about this. Here's this big heavy curtain without seam in it. Okay? He has to get under that. He has to get under it carrying this bowl full of blood. Amen? And, of course, again, also around the the hem of his garment, he had bells. Amen. And so he would go in there. And and the bells, you know, as long as the bells were ringing, they knew he's okay. The bells quit ringing, he's either God's killed him, or he's just fell out in the spirit. The glory's so strong, right? But the rope was there so they could pull him back out because nobody else could go in there. Anybody else goes in there, they die instantly. God is separated from man. Amen? Now, the Bible tells us, let's look here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse I'm sure you all are familiar with. You all are so well taught here that, uh, you know, I, I can take some things for granted that you know them already. But let's look at this verse. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Because a lot of people... Uh, misquote this verse and say things about God that's not true? You ever heard somebody say, well, you know, God won't put more on you than you can bear. It's not what the Bible says. Amen? Look what it says there, verse 13. There has no temptation taken you or come against you, but such as is common to man. In other words, I don't know why. Everybody's going through the same stuff. 
It may have different names. It may have different symptoms. But sickness is sickness. Poverty is poverty. Fear is fear. Worry is worry. Everybody, if you're going through any of that, everybody else at some point is going through that too. Right? It's common to man. But God is faithful. Now we could stop there and just shout for another 30 minutes and go home. God is faithful. I can count on God. I can count on God to do what he said he would do. The Bible says by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. God is faithful. Therefore, whether I feel it or not, I am healed. I was healed. And I'm going to walk in that health. Can you say amen? My God, the next verse, he didn't read it in Philippians 4. My God supplies your needs. To who? To everybody? No, that's not just an a, a, a open statement to anybody and everybody. Paul says that to the Philippians who has been giving to him again and again. They are givers. And God says, then Paul says, my God will supply your needs because you are a giver. You are a sower and God will supply your needs. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. You got Acts 16.31 from your family. Believe on the Lord and you and your household shall be saved. See, God is faithful to do what he said he would do. Amen? Who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you are able. Now see, that's where they get that idea he won't put more on you than you can bear. But I like what Keith Moore said about this verse. He said, if you're facing an obstacle, if you're facing an opponent, and he used like a boxing ring, if you're in the ring with an opponent, Know that God believes and knows you can beat that opponent or you wouldn't be in the ring with it. See, to me, that's what that says. You say, well, well, God allowed that to happen. No, God knows you can take care of that one. You can defeat that one. You've got what it takes to defeat that, that enemy, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Amen. And then look what it says. But will with the temptation, not after you're tempted for a while, with the temptation, when the trouble comes, at that second when the trouble's there, also God makes a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God makes a way to escape. You want to know what that way is? Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Say, yeah, that's how you get to the Father. Exactly. But before Jesus came, you couldn't get to the Father. You were separated from the Father, right? Now, look over at Matthew chapter 27. I know we're kind of jumping around here, but we'll settle down here in a minute. Matthew 27. Let me find it here. Yep, verse 50. Matthew 27, verse 50. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, so could we say when he shouted, he yielded up the ghost or he died. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent or torn in two from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks did uh, and the rocks rent or were torn. So Jesus died and just before he died, he shouted. And after he shouted, it says the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Now, when Jesus died, it was approximately 3 o'clock or probably at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the time of the afternoon prayers. The high priest would have been standing in front of that curtain, in front of that veil, when Jesus died and, and shouted. He's standing there performing his duties when that curtain Tears, not from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. 
How many of you think he probably had to go home and clean himself up? Amen. Never seen anything like this before. He's standing there looking at the Holy of Holies, looking at the Ark of the Covenant, looking at the mercy seat. Nobody's supposed to stand there and do that. You're not supposed to be able to stand there and do that. Amen? So Jesus shouted. What did he shout? We're told in John 19. It is finished. What's finished? The separation between God and man. Jesus came to be the way, to make a way. Well, uh, how do you know that's true? Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready for your breakthrough. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. You know people that have no hope? I know lots of people today have no hope. Amen. Unfortunately, a lot of people in church have no hope. That's sad. And without God in the world. Well, if you don't have God, you have no hope. Verse 13. But now, say now. Now "Now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh or near or close by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. And what did he do? He hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He shouted, it is finished. When he shouted, it is finished. That curtain which represented the separation between God and man was torn. The way was made open. The partition, the wall of partition was broken down. Man now, man, Jesus Christ, man. Yes, he's God, but he didn't die as God. He died as a man. He even said many times, the son of man is going to die. He didn't say the son of God is going to die. He was the son of God. We know that. But a man, a perfect sinless man, undid what Adam had done. Adam was the one that caused that wall to be built, if you will. Jesus came and through what he did, the shedding of his blood, that wall was torn down. There was a breakthrough and man could now go in there. And we read back later in the, in the New Testament that we can come boldly under the throne of grace. We don't have to wait outside. We don't have to wait for somebody to go in there for us. I can go personally. You can go personally into heaven itself, into the throne room of God and say, because of what Jesus did, I am able able to enter into this place and make my petition known to God. Can you say amen this morning? Praise God. But again, I think back to what we read in Psalm 107. We should be praising God for our breakthroughs. Amen. Again, I ask, who needs a breakthrough? Just about every hand went up. How many here has ever had a breakthrough? Okay. How many here used to be going to hell, but you're going to heaven? That's a breakthrough. Again, I've heard some of your testimonies. Wink, wink, the front row. You know, it's the same testimony my associate has, Brother Steve. Drugs and alcohol, you know. Going to hell quick. Totally separated from God. But God gets a breakthrough. God makes a breakthrough. Amen. So, yeah, we need breakthrough. But bless God, we've had breakthrough. So see, that's why we praise Him for His goodness. What? Past breakthroughs. We praise Him for His wonderful works to us. What's that? Past breakthroughs. 
Have you ever had a loved one get born again? Yeah, that's a breakthrough. Have you ever been healed in your body? Yeah, that's a breakthrough. Now, why is it God has healed us once and we get sick again and we don't think He can do it again? It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He healed me yesterday, He's still going to heal me today. But I got to do what I did yesterday in order to get healed today. You may have heard that, that testimony. Brother Copeland tells it about this. Is, he was just getting started in ministry, so 45, 50 years ago. And uh, th- he had ministered to this lady who had cancer, and he had, he had taken the Scripture, and he had taken her through the Scripture. This, you know, these verses stand on these verses. Well, she got healed. Praise God, she got healed. Amen. He said a couple years later, he, she calls him up. Oh, Brother Copeland, the cancer's come back. He said, okay, well, let's just do what we did before. Uh, you know, get your Bible. And he said he could hear, you know, kind of cover up the phone, and there's somebody in the room, and she goes, where's my Bible? She didn't even know where her Bible was. So what's that tell me? She hadn't been in it, most likely. Amen? And that's probably the reason the stuff came back. She didn't, whatever you do to get healed, you got to do to stay healed. Amen? And if another sickness does come, whatever you did to get healed the first time, it'll get you healed the second time, too. The Word of God works. Well, how do you know that? Because Proverbs says it is health or medicine to our flesh. Amen. Praise God. So again, we praise God for breakthroughs. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, and don't turn there for time's sake, but Psalm 150, again, you probably know it. Praise is a loud thing. Well, three of you agree with me. That's wonderful. Praise is a loud thing. Praise does a couple of things. Number one, it puts the, the, the spirit realm, the enemies, the demonic forces that are around, puts them on notice. We're here to worship God. It does another thing. It shakes the junk off of you that you carry in here. When you, you come in out of that world, man, you're, you're loaded down with junk. It amazes me how you'll see people come into church and it's like they're carrying this heavy load. And hopefully when they go out, they're, they're lifted. The weight's been lifted. They've got a breakthrough. Amen. So again, praise is a loud thing. In Psalm 150, it says, do it in the sanctuary. I was thinking about this yesterday. How, you know, over time, I mean, you go back since the day of Pentecost. How many of you think of that upper room when the Holy Spirit came? It was loud in that room. I mean, the, 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 the Holy Spirit coming in was loud, like a mighty rushing wind. But then once they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they were loud. They weren't sitting over there going, They were loud and they spilled out into the street. Wow, man, they just got a great breakthrough. The Holy Spirit has come and filled them and not only set upon them, but filled them. Can you say amen? So let's say that upper room was the sanctuary. That sanctuary got loud, but somewhere between there and 2022 and and even before that, the church has gotten this idea that you're supposed to be quiet in church. That it's disrespectful to make noise in church. Now, it's disrespectful to make certain kind of noise in church. But it's not disrespectful to shout and praise God in church. At the proper time. Amen. Amen. But again, Tammy and I, when we got married 42 years ago, uh, we've got a picture of it in our wedding album. The, The church we got married in, which was her parents' church, her church. And uh, we got married in this church. And so here's the sanctuary. It's got like double doors. And then there's a hallway that goes around, like sanctuaries in the middle and the classes around the outside. So we, our photographer is standing 
like looking into the doors. So we come down the aisle after we're married, and we stop right at the, that double door, and we, and we kissed each other again, and he got a picture of that. And there's a sign right above the door. And you know what the sign says? Silence. Silence. I don't know how loud I kissed her, but I don't know. I wasn't probably silent. Amen. But see, that, that's the thinking of a lot of churches. Oh, we, we've got to be reverent. Of course we've got to be reverent. We need to be honorable. We need to be respectful. We don't want to get out of order. But shouting unto God when praise time or when something good happens, that's not out of order. Amen? And so again, shout, you know, praise the Lord in the sanctuary. Praise Him for His mighty acts according to His excellent greatness. Again, has He ever done anything for you? Then we need to be praising Him for that. Amen? Talks about praising Him on the trumpet, praising Him on the organs, the loud cymbals, the high-sounding cymbals. Praise God. I think that's called loud. I think that's called making noise. Amen? Praise God. When we shout according to His Word, it's not just to make noise or to be emotional. But Pastor basically said this when he was up here giving a little exhortation there. When we shout to God, God makes things happen in the spiritual realm. Amen? Things begin to happen in the spiritual realm. Look at Psalm 47. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 47. Praise God. Verse 1. Again, I'm sure you know this. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. If you're keeping notes, write this down. The shout is a sign of triumph. The shout is a sign of victory. The shout is a sign of breakthrough. Amen? I don't know if you like to watch sports. I like to watch sports. And I didn't see the whole game yesterday. I saw a little bit of it. But I saw, uh, I saw a replay of the very end of the Alabama-Tennessee football game. Which was, I mean, it was an unreal game as far as, I mean, two undefeated teams playing at Tennessee. And Tennessee won. First time they beat Alabama in like 15 years. Most people don't beat Alabama. They usually win. But you know... If I didn't know the score and I just turn on the television and watch the end of the game or watch how the people are are responding, I could tell you who won that game. Right? Now, obviously, they're playing in Tennessee. There's 110,000 people in those stands. All of them's got orange on. You know, there's probably 10 people from Alabama there, you know, or whatever. And so, and they got these orange towels. So they're running on the field, they're shaking, you know, they're they're screaming, they're shouting. Just by looking at that, I would say they didn't lose. They won. And then if you show a picture of the Alabama team leaving the field, they're probably leaving like this. Which again, I saw a picture of the quarterback. He was very dejected. One of the guy, one of the coaches had their arm around him and they're, you know, they're walking off the field. And again, if I didn't know the score, I would say, hmm, they lost. Hmm, they won. Well, 
Why? The winners are like, and the losers are like, right? We're winners. We've had, Jesus has given us a breakthrough. Amen. We should, we should be shouting all the time. We should be rejoicing all the time. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. When we shout in thanksgiving and praise, when we shout in faith, the breakthroughs happen first in the spirit realm and then they happen in the earth. Amen. And again, I don't know if Daniel shouted when that three-week period was going on, but what did the angel say when he finally got there? He said, God heard you the first day and sent me with the answer, but the prince of Persia withheld me, tried to hold me back. I've been dealing with him for three weeks. But see, what did Daniel keep doing over those three weeks? He just kept praying. He kept praising. I'm sure there was praise involved in that. I'm sure he's thanking God for the victory. Amen? And then what did that little no-name angel say? He said, finally, Michael showed up. And Michael took over the battle. And I was able to break loose. I was able to break through. And I came with your answer. Oh, don't you think Daniel had a shouting time when that angel showed up? Amen. But he didn't wait till the angel showed up. I'm sure he was shouting for those three weeks. Are you listening to me this morning? The devil's trying to hold back your answer. The devil's trying to hold back your miracle. But your shout will make a way where there seems to be no way. Your shout will tear down a wall just like Jesus shouted, it is finished. And that spiritual wall came down between God and man. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen, but that's okay. I still love you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at Joshua chapter 6. Some of you might be saying, what would you give this guy this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 6. Again, I'm not going to take time to read all this. You know it. I just want to make a couple of points. Starting in verse 1. Again, they come to Jericho. Who's leading them? Joshua. Forty years ago, they were almost to this same point. And because of the ten spies who brought back a bad report, Joshua wasn't able to go in. You all know that. Joshua's not going to let that happen again. Amen? And so they get there and God tells Joshua, this is how you're going to do this. Because I'm assuming... And I go, it's wrong to assume. But I'm assuming that in the natural, Israel didn't have what they needed to defeat Jericho. They didn't have what they needed to tear down that wall. In the natural. So God had a plan. And Joshua was bound and determined he's going to follow that plan. Why? Because I'm not going through wandering anymore. We're here now. We're going to get this job done. And you know, you, know, you know what God told him to do. He said, okay, for six days, every day, once a day, you walk around the walls of Jericho and you stay completely quiet. Now, the fact that they did that is a miracle. Of course, now the thing is they didn't have cell phones. Amen. And, and so they, they, they walk around Jericho one time and go back to their tent. Next day, same thing, all six days, right? We get to the seventh day, and 
God told him, all right, now today I want you to walk around six times, stay quiet. And on the seventh time, matter of fact, let's see, let's pick it up here. Verse 4, seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when you make, they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So they're going to blow the trumpets. They're going to shout, and when they shout, the walls are going to fall down, and you're going to get your breakthrough and go in and take that city. Right? right? But look at verse 16. Verse 16, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Yeah, well, okay, so what? Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. All right, do you think at that point they shouted? I think they did. When they shouted, the walls were still up. Now, as soon as they shouted, they came down. But when they started to shout, the walls are still looking them right in the face. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. It's a done deal. You do your part. God will do His part. But if you don't shout, the walls aren't coming down. If you don't shout, there's not going to be a breakthrough. Amen? So I like to look at that and look at it this way. You need a healing? Shout, for the Lord has given you your healing. Shout, for the Lord has given you prosperity. Shout, for the Lord has given you deliverance. Shout, for the Lord has given you a blessing. Oh, I don't see healing. I don't see prosperity. That's fine. Shout anyway, and as you shout in faith, the walls will come down, and you'll walk into your healing, and you'll walk into your prosperity, and you'll walk into your peace. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Again, they shouted before the wall came down. I got a question for you. How much more did they shout after the wall came down? See, so often people get a breakthrough and they shout, but the shout doesn't last very long because then there comes another problem and they get caught up in that problem. But what they don't realize is, what got them through the last problem is going to get them through the next problem, and you shout, got through that one, so you're going to shout to get through this one too. And like Pastor was saying earlier, sometimes you got to shout in faith because you're not seeing it. You're not feeling it. Your body's hurting. Amen? The money, the checkbook's empty, the, the, the food, cup, the cupboard's bare, you know, whatever. You're not seeing it happen. Well, that's when you shout anyway. That's when you start praising God anyway. Amen? And then, of course, secondly, don't forget all the other breakthroughs that you've gotten before. Amen? Praise God. Let's look at one more scripture here. You getting something today? Amen. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Praise God. Hallelujah. Again, we're not going to read all of this. You know it. Paul and Silas have been beaten. 
their, their backs are bloodied and bruised. And, you know, this isn't the first time, I don't know about Silas, but this isn't the first time Paul's been beat. I heard uh, Brother Ray Bench talking about this one time. He said, you know, what, in 2 Corinthians, Paul gives his list, and I'm sure that's only a partial list of the beatings and all that they went through. You know, but five times I was beaten, you know, like with a whip. Can you imagine what his back looked like? I mean, just probably looked like shoe leather. I mean, it was probably just, so, you know, can you imagine they rip, rip his shirt off of him or, what, you know, whatever, expose his back, and they're probably looking at this guy like, what has he been but they told me to do it, so they're going to beat him again. So him and Silas, they're beaten, they're bloodied, they're, you know, they're just, again, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what they're going through. They're told, the jailer is told to, uh, you know, you make sure these guys don't get away. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's not what the King James says, but he know what they meant. And it says in verse 24, he thrust them into the inner prison. So he just didn't put them in a jail cell. He put them under the jail, in the dungeon, which really was just a sewer. Amen? And it says they secured their feet in the stocks, which means now they're sitting, you know, it's not concrete, tile, carpet. It's mud. You know, again, I, like I say, it's probably like a sewer line. So, again, you, mad, you can imagine walls down there. There's probably dead, peop, dead bodies down there. There's probably rats running around down there. The smell, I'm sure, is just lovely. See, we don't think about things. We didn't read it in the Bible. Oh, well, they had a little thing and they went. No, man, they're, they're in a mess. Right? And, again, once they close that door, pitch black. Can't see anything. So you probably hear rats running, but you can't see them. Don't know where they are. Right? Trying to paint this, and I, there's no way I can make this picture as bad as it really was. They weren't on some little church picnic thing. Amen? These people wanted them dead. They beat them within an inch of their life. Threw them down in that hole. They, their backs, again, expo I mean, bleeding and exposed. They don't want to lean back against the wall. All that dirt and filth get in there? Uh-uh. So they're, so they're setting... Forget about your feet being in stocks. Just sit on the ground for a little while and don't lay back against something and see how long it takes for your back to start. And it's already beaten. These, these guys, <laughs> we think we've had trouble. Like Franklin Graham said, you know, you got preachers quitting because somebody posted a bad tweet about them or something. These guys are getting beat half to death and they're still just serving God. Amen. So verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. <laughs> you know, and again, we, we, we like to get so spiritual. You can almost hear Paul going, Silas, I think we need to praise the Lord. Oh, well, Paul, I got to tell you, my heart's not in it. I hurt so bad. Oh, I'm really hurting bad. I know it. I'm hurting bad too. But I believe God can get us out of here. But I believe we're going to have to start praising Him in order for us to get out of here. 
How many think maybe something like that was said? I don't know, you know. But all I know it says at midnight, the darkest point of the night, if you will. Let's pray and let's sing praises. Let's, let's don't sing woe is me songs. Let's don't sing my cheating heart songs. My achy breaky heart songs. Let's don't sing that. Let's, let's sing praises to God. Not be, we're not going to praise Him because our backs beat. We're not going to praise Him because we're in this sewer. We're not going to praise Him because our feet is in these stocks. We're going to praise Him because He saved us from going to hell. We're going to praise Him because He's got out of messes before and He's going to get us out of this mess too. We're going to praise Him for what He's done, for what He's doing, and for what He will do. We are going to praise Him because of who He is. Amen? Okay, Paul. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. You know, I wonder how much really in people when they sing it that way. All that is within me, praise His holy name. Amen? That's how most of us would have been singing that night, if we'd have been singing at all. But that's not what it says. This jumped out at me, Pastor, I don't know, earlier this year, and the prisoners heard them. Now you got to remember, it's midnight. All the prisoners are asleep. Paul and Silas are under the jail. They're not up with everybody else. So they weren't singing, Hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And they heard them. What are they doing? They're shouting. They're shouting. I said they're shouting praises unto God. And suddenly, say suddenly. Suddenly. See, you can have some suddenlies. Suddenly, there was a, a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. I think that's called a breakthrough. But they got a breakthrough because they shouted unto God with a voice of triumph. They're defeated. They're down. They're out in body, but in mind and in spirit. No, we are victorious. We are more. You got to remember, Paul's the one that wrote, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who, who strengthens us. Amen. We are more than uh, we, victory. Thank God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Those aren't just words on a page. Those are words Paul truly believed. And as they, as they sang this, see, not only did they get a breakthrough, but then the jailer got born again and his household gets born again. They got a breakthrough. See, not only did Paul and Silas get a breakthrough, they got a breakout. Amen? Some of you don't just need a breakthrough, you need a breakout. You need a breakout of whatever mess the devil's trying to put you in. Can you say Amen. Again, throughout the scriptures, and I'm going to close up here, but throughout the scriptures we see this. We see the ten lepers. It says they shouted, they cried unto Jesus. Amen? And you know what happened. They got healed as they went, right? They got their breakthrough. In John 11, Jesus standing at the tomb of Lazarus says, He shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus got a breakthrough. Amen? In Mark 4, they're, they're in the boat. Remember the disciples wake him up. It says he, he sh- uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the New Passion Translation says he shouted at the sea. Peace be still. He shouted at the sea. And I had the Lord say this to me. We must be louder than the opposition if we want to break through. Yep. Amen. 
Because the devil is, is yelling loud. We got to get louder than he is. Amen. I, I remember Pastor Barkley talking about, uh, you know, early days of being a Christian. He got attacked in his back. And, and he couldn't move. And, I mean, it was just an all-out attack of the devil. And he said he can remember laying in that bed. And it was like the devil was like, you will never walk again. And down real, like, low on the inside, it was like, by his stripes, you were healed. And he said, I would just go over scriptures and, 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 and you know, I'm meditating on the scriptures. And so, like, for, you know, a day or so, it would be, You'll never walk again by his stripes. But he said as the days went on, it finally got to the point where the devil was like, you will never walk again. And he goes, by his stripes, I was healed. And he said, man, the power of God hit me. And he said, before I knew it, I was standing up beside the bed. My back was completely healed. You got to get louder than the devil. You got to get louder than the opposition. Amen. Oh, he's talking big stuff. The devil likes to talk trash. You talk truth. He's talking trash. You talk truth and you talk louder than he does. Do you remember once David started talking to Goliath, he never said another word. Goliath never said another word. Right? Yeah. He starts running at him. He says, I'm going to... I come at you, you come to me with a spear and a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God Jehovah, and this day I'm going to take your head off you and I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. Goliath never said another word. And again, I think I've talked about this before. I don't know how loud David was, but Goliath's armor bearer was gone. He took off. This crazy kid is nuts. Yeah, that's what the devil ought to think about us. They're down, they're out, and they're still shouting praises to God. They must be nuts. Yeah, we're nuts, but we're like Brother Hagin, you say, we're hanging on the right tree. Yeah. Amen? Praise God. And of course, what about Bartimaeus? Why did he get a breakthrough? Because he refused to be shut up. He shouted, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. You're interrupting the service. You're interrupting the preacher. But he got Jesus' attention. See, we got to think about that. He heard Jesus was coming. How far down the road was Jesus when he heard Jesus is coming? Now, he can't see, so he doesn't know where Jesus is. So I just got to start yelling now because I need him. There's, who knows, thousands of people there? Do you know how much noise thousands of people make? Just the din, you know, that, that like rumble of people, you know? And he can hear that. Well, i got to get his attention. He got his attention. It says Jesus stopped. Jesus won't pass you by. You shout. Shout victory. Amen. Of course, I love it. Jesus, he, you know, he says, tell him to come here. And then, of course, all the people got happy. Oh, he wants you. Come on. Come on. He wants to see you. Says he threw his beggar's garment away. Why? Well, I'm not going to need that anymore. I'm getting ready to get healed. Amen. Now, look, you got to know he's blind. He doesn't know where Jesus is, other than you know, he probably heard his voice. So either he's or somebody's helping him. Do you think Jesus knows what's wrong with him? Oh, I think he does. But what does Jesus say? What do you want? Why? You say it. You say what you want. Amen? 
And then, of course, what did Jesus say? Your faith's made you whole. Amen. Bartimaeus got his breakthrough, and it started with a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Obviously, there are times when it's out of order to shout. Amen. You know, I like to, I like to use this little illustration. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> you know, Sarah and Austin, you know, they got married a year ago, Beth's daughter. And, of course, I did that wedding. Well, you know, it would be totally out of place when I'd say, okay, Austin, you can kiss your bride. If he'd have stood there, you know, they're like this, and he'd have stood there and went, Sarah, I love you! I mean, that'd just be totally out of, out of order, right? That wouldn't be the right time to do that. Amen? Well, see, that's what worship is. Worship is when you're in that quiet time with God. Praise is when you're in that shouting time with God and, and, and the exuberance. Amen? So again, yes, there are times to be quiet. But that's not all the time. Amen? There are times when it's out of order. But when we're praising God for what He's done for us and for who He is, it's more than okay to shout. Amen? The bigger the breakthrough you need determines the loudness of the shout before the breakthrough. The size of the breakthrough you've already gotten determines the loudness of the shout after the breakthrough. No doubt the Word says our shout to God has a major impact on the breakthrough that we need. Now, many people, unfortunately, will never get a breakthrough because they're unwilling to praise God and they're unwilling to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen? Maybe, you know, because of their upbringing. Their, you know, I was raised in church, but I was raised in a church. You didn't make any noise. You didn't even say amen when the preacher preached. I mean, you said, there was no noise made. Amen. So I wasn't raised to, to do this, to shout unto God. And again, some people hold on to their traditions, hold on to their doctrines and the man-made doctrines, and then they never do what God says they need to do in order to be saved. In other words, they become like Naaman. God said through Elisha, go dip in Jordan River seven times. I don't want to do that. that I don't want to do that. I don't want to shout. Then don't get a breakthrough. It's real simple. Again, we shout before the breakthrough in faith. We shout after the breakthrough in praise and thanksgiving to God. So put your pride and your religious upbringing aside and shout and get your breakthrough. Amen? Because God's not, the Bible tells me, God will not withhold any good thing. So if you're not getting it, maybe you're just not shouting enough. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.